Hey there, my name is Sarah Bowling, and I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast. I'm praying that God speaks to you through this podcast. Your heart is encouraged and overflowing with love. Thank you so much for listening. Love to have you subscribe and of course share this with your friends. I know God has really great things for you in this time together. Thanks so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining, listening today, watching. Super glad you're here. And of course, we're continuing finishing our series on seeing Jesus, expanding your awareness of Jesus. I really like this this whole series because it's challenged me in in how I see Jesus and limits, maybe ways that I have have unknowingly um, narrowed who Jesus is. Um, and this series has challenged me to say, wait a second, Jesus is really, truly all of that in a bag of chips <laughs> and even more, right? I mean, he is the ultimate happy meal, so to speak, the bread of life. You're like, Sarah, come on. Seriously, Jesus goes way beyond um, our finite, limited perceptions. And so it's really challenged me to let Jesus be fully who he is in the, in the full, fullest sense of the word. And as we finish this series, you know, we've talked through Jesus as our healer, Jesus as our provider, expanding our awareness, uh, our, our uh, connection with Jesus. We looked at the Samaritan woman for that. It's interesting. We looked at, at this hometown where Jesus grew up and how they couldn't really see Jesus for who he truly is because they had such a common, familiar perspective on him. They limited because of, of their familiarity with him. But I want us to think about Jesus in, in, a, in another way as well for us today. And the question I have is, do we use Jesus as a tool or as a weapon? And you're like, what? that doesn't make any sense. Well, hold on a second. Because I think if, if we take a pause and consider this, we can look back in the Gospels and see a few examples where people tried to use Jesus as a weapon or as a tool. And when we think about this, I'll give you some examples, but then I want you to consider, do I do this? Because in our modern world, I believe that it's possible that we could, or maybe we have in the past, used Jesus as a tool or a weapon. Here's an example. John chapter eight, verses one through 11, Jesus is talking in the temple. Uh, sorry, he's at the Mount of Olives. And as he's talking, um, the religious leaders come and they have a woman who is caught in the act of adultery and they throw her in front of Jesus. And they say, well, the law, Moses law tells us that we should stone her. What do you say? And they wanted to trap Jesus to catch him. And they wanted to, they, in essence, they wanted to bend Jesus to their purpose, to their power under their authority. They were trying to trick him and catch him so that they could control him and use him for their benefit. And Jesus, he knew their thoughts. <laughs> he knows, you're trying to use me as a weapon. You're trying to use me as a tool for your improvement, for your power, for your uh, increase, for your popularity, your, your base. Jesus knew that. And so he paused and he stopped talking for a little bit and he wrote in the sand and then he sits up and he looks at every all of the religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, um, scribes, and he says, whoever has not sinned, you throw the first stone. Hmm. 
then he keeps writing in the sand a little bit, drawing in the sand. And they all start to fade away. All the accusers, all the Pharisees, the religious leaders, all those guys, one by one, they peel off. And Jesus is left with the woman who is caught in adultery. And he says to her, where are your accusers? And she says, I have none, Lord. And he says, I accuse you. I accuse you neither. I'm not condemning you. Go and sin no more. And I appreciate that Jesus would not let himself be used as a weapon to punish her or as a tool for the religious leader's power. And then you see this again. This happens in uh, Matthew chapter 27. And this is at the end of Jesus' life. And the religious leaders try to uh, pigeonhole Jesus for their benefit. In, the, in Matthew 27, verses 1 and 2, it says, When morning came, the chief priests, elders of the people, conferred together against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pilate, the governor. So they tried to use Jesus in a political way. They led him to the Roman governor, Pilate, and they pushed Jesus in front of Pilate and tried to manipulate Pilate using Jesus to improve their political power, authority, clout. Because there was some tension here between the Roman leadership and the Jewish leadership. <laughs> and Jesus, the Jewish leaders were trying to use him to increase their power politically. And I think if we're not careful, we can try to use Jesus in politics and we can try to use Jesus for our religious advantage, for our religious power. But Jesus will not let himself be used as a tool or as a weapon. And I, I have seen Jesus in, in our modern world. I've seen people use Jesus in, in manipulative ways in both the political arena as well as the religious arena. And Jesus would say to us, I am far beyond politics and religion because Jesus is the ultimate, ultimate power. He is all powerful. And beyond religion, he is all loving. And so I would just encourage you as we think about this series, as we conclude it, that we would consider, do I, have I used Jesus in the past as a weapon or as a tool? Have I beat somebody over the head with a Bible <laughs> or using, you know, manipulation, shame, guilt, all that religious stuff? Have I tried to let Jesus, make Jesus kind of fit my political narrative? Or do I let Jesus turn the other side and say, hey, he is the one who defines my politics. Jesus is the one who defines how I love and my expression of, of compassion and the presentation of Jesus, who he really is. Do I let Jesus be fully, truly the, the real deal, genuine Jesus? Because from my estimation, from my experience, when we have genuine Jesus, he's irresistible. When we have religious Jesus, then it's kind of, it's not really a very irresistible <clears throat> figure. We have political Jesus. Uh, let's really let Jesus fully and truly, wholly be who he fully, truly is. Regardless of our perceptions, regardless of our training, our upbringing, all that stuff, let's really see Jesus in the totality. Really let him strip off some of the lenses, some of the constrictions, some of the perceptions some of the paradigms that maybe we've had 
let's let Jesus be the full, true, genuine Jesus he really, really is. And the best way we do that, I would say, is by saying yes to Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit confirms and always promotes Jesus. So saying yes to Holy Spirit is a really powerful way to walk in truth, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, walk in truth and walk in the fullness of who Jesus really is. So as we finish, I'd like for you to ask yourself, answer this question, how, how have you limited Jesus? Have you limited Jesus in politics, you know, through the political lens? Have you limited Jesus in the religious lens? Maybe you've limited Jesus just in the moral lens. But what way in the past, most recently, have you limited Jesus? So thank you for subscribing. Thank you for hitting the notification bell right there because let you know when we have new content and da, 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 our really amazing joke. What should you do if you are addicted to seaweed? <laughs> you should see kelp. <laughs> See kelp, right? Seaweed, see kelp. I know, I know. You're like, oh my gosh. I know, but the next series will have really fantastic jokes. Thank you so much. Hey there, thanks so much for listening today. I'm super stoked to get time with you. And of course, I'd love for you to subscribe, share this with your friends, and really sense God working through you as well as in you in these words. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.